uh, started on Sunday series. I uh, titled it Questions. We'll be answering different questions. And uh, tonight we'll be looking at why, that's the title, Why Should We Pray? Why Should We Pray? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're here to guide us, to teach us, to encourage us, to bless us. We thank you. We ask that you minister to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Many times you hear believers say this, God is sovereign, which means God can do whatever he wants to do. He is the God of the universe. He is the Lord. Who is going to oppose him? God can do whatever he wants to do. And sometimes we get into situations, very difficult situations, and we're praying, we're tired, and we've cried, we've fasted, we've done everything we know to do, and then we say, well, uh, God is sovereign, let him do whatever he wants to do. And uh, we just believe that whatever God chooses to do on the earth, he can do it, and nobody's going to stop him. In a way, in a sense, that is true, but God doesn't walk like that as you study the scriptures. God does not walk like that. He set everything in motion. He set the universe, and there are laws that govern the universe. And he has placed himself under the word, under those laws. And we need to understand those laws so that we know how to operate with God on the earth. And so I'm going to be sharing some scriptures here uh, on this. You can see some baffling uh, statements, uh, passages in the scriptures with regards to prayer and with regards to God and how God operates. For example, in Ezekiel chapter 22, 30 and 31, it says, So God says, So I sought for a man among them who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. And I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord. Now, if you look at this scripture carefully, you'll notice very quickly that God didn't want to do this. It wasn't his desire to bring judgment on the people. They disobeyed him. They, they, they really wronged him. And by law, being God, he had to judge them. But he didn't want to do it. And that's the funny thing. And God is saying, I need somebody to hold me back. I'm going to finish them up if somebody doesn't hold me back. I need somebody. He didn't want to do it. His loving nature will not permit him to do it. Now, he had to judge them, but he couldn't judge them in his heart. He wanted a man, just one man, to stand, to build a wall. To stop him from judging the people. And God said, I couldn't find one, so I carried out the judgment. So if he had found just a single man on the earth, he would have stopped everything and the people would have been spared. 
That in itself tells us something about the nature of God and our relationship with Him. Especially when it concerns prayer. We have to work with Him. Another baffling scripture I mentioned on Sunday is Matthew chapter 9, verse 38. And you can relate this to blessings as well. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. So, God has a plentiful harvest. No doubt about that. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The laborers are his. The harvest is his. Why don't you just send laborers? With your God. You want the harvest to be brought in. You want laborers to go in and harvest the harvest. So who's stopping you? Do it, God. you God. That should be our thinking. You're God. You do everything. But God is saying, I need you to ask me to send laborers into my harvest. That should tell us something. With regards to our God and the way he operates. He's telling us, I can't do it. I want to do it. I need the laborers there. The laborers are mine. It's my harvest. He's plentiful. Well, he's plentiful. Send them in. No, I need you to ask me to do that. This is the way he's made it. So no matter what happens here on earth, before God will intervene, a man has to be involved. Somebody standing on the earth, not the dead. Somebody on the earth has to be involved. That is why we must pray. Because if you're not praying, nothing's going to happen. You see, God has reserved vengeance and blessings to himself. He said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay he is the one that reserved judgment to himself. He has the right to judge people on the earth. If you are on the earth, if your judgment coming, God is the one that is going to release that judgment on your life. That has been reserved to God. That's his right on the earth. Blessings also. No one is blessed on the earth without God's involvement. No one can receive anything. The Bible asks, what have you that you did not receive? If whatever you have, it has to come from God and from God alone. That has been reserved for God. But the thing is, God doesn't want to go the area of vengeance. He wants to go the area of blessings. But with both of them, a man has to be involved. God can stay away from judgment when he's deserved if a man is involved. God can also stay away from blessing if a man is not involved. He wants to bless. He doesn't want to judge. But a man has to help him to bless. 
God needs us. And that's an amazing thing. What, what does God need? You. Your prayers. They are very important. Without them, it's not an, it's not a religious exercise. Many Christians think, well, I gotta wake up in the morning and, and put my two cents so I've done my religious duty. God is now pleased with me. That's not what prayer is all about. You're missing the mark. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for His will to be done on the earth. Your blessing is His will to be done on earth, on the earth. He wants to bless you so that His will can be done on the earth. He wants to remove the curse from your life so that His will can be done. He's reserved vengeance and blessings on the earth to himself. But he cannot bless anyone on the earth without a man's involvement. And if a man is not involved, certainly judgment is coming. God says it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways. He said, I will hear from heaven. And I'll forgive their sins. And heal their land. Conditional. That means if his people will not do exactly what he wants. Hold him back. Judgment comes upon the land. You're complaining about the United States. We are responsible. <laughs> You're complaining about the economy. The believers in the land in the United States are responsible. If this scripture that I just quoted now from Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14, if that scripture is true and God cannot lie, then we are responsible. We didn't hold him back. And it's affecting the whole land and the whole world. Because Christians are not praying. Christians are not praying. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. You see, to call on God is great humility. When you pray, you are humbling yourself before God, and that's highly prized in the sight of God. You move Him every time you humble yourself. And you release the blessing. Remember what the scriptures say? If you humble yourself, He'll lift you up. So prayer humbles us before our God. So what God is saying, I want you to walk with me so that my will will be done on earth. I believe in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, God says that we should pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have to pray that way. Why is this so? In uh, Psalm 115 verse 16, the Bible tells us the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. You see, God deals with the heavens. But if anything is going to happen on earth, a man has to be involved. God cannot do much on the earth without the involvement of a man. And you really need to understand this principle. It's so key. The devil himself cannot do a thing on the earth unless he finds a man to agree with him. That's why we have the Antichrist. He can just appear. 
He's a spirit. Because the earth has been given to us. And until a man is involved with the spirit realm, nothing takes place here. It's what we allow will happen on earth. What you disallow can never happen. That's why I say to people, you know, when they find people who are demonized and we're trying to cast out the devil from them, we're struggling and screaming. The first thing I do, with the, if Pastor West is here, I'll tell you in Nigeria, I was struggling with this girl. I just tell, told that girl, now tell this devil to leave you alone because she was still sane. And after she did it quietly, guess what? All the trashing and all of that came down. Because she got right on the earth. The reason why Jesus came on the earth is for that reason. He became a man. And Jesus is authority and he made it very clear to the devils and everyone. He used the word son of man more than he used the word son of God. Those words. Notice. He was always saying the son of man has authority on the earth. I, ha- I have the right to judge because I am the son of man. Not son of God, son of man. Because I am a man on the earth. As long as I'm a man here, I can do what I want. So God became a man so that he can exercise. Have you ever wondered why Jesus prayed so much? What was he looking for? He was a man. That's why he was praying. And because he was a man on the earth, everything he prayed had to come on the earth. Because he was a man. God needs us. In that regard. He is helpless to do something on the earth without us. He came down here in the form of his son, in his son, to show us how to do it. Thy will be done on earth. It's not, you know, you're kneeling and and fasting and doing all of that. Punish yourself and God is pleased. That's not the reason. It's agreeing with God so that his will is done on earth and your life becomes relevant on the earth. When you pray, your life become, becomes relevant. You can change whatever. If you spend time praying, you can change it. That's why people say, prayers, prayer can change everything. It's not just the prayer. <laughs> it's connecting with God. That changes everything. Because God has already committed himself to answer prayer. If you will pray. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 tells us this is so important. When this uh, word came to me uh, some time ago, I was excited. Because I, I read this scripture. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on the earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. One is enough. But two on the earth, the, word, the key word that stood out to me was on the earth. If you are still standing on this earth, and if you can agree with your wife, that's two. <laughs> it 
it will be done. Jesus cannot lie to us. That's why we need to pray. He says, if, conditional, if you can get two people to agree concerning anything, and they refuse to come out of agreement, they stay in agreement, no matter how bad that situation is, that thing must change, or Jesus lied to us. But God cannot lie. So he's dependent on us. That's why if you're going through trouble, don't tell everybody. (laughs) Find somebody that can agree with you. Don't go telling the unbelieving believers. They will show you why it will not happen. (laughs) They will show you why God cannot answer this prayer. Don't talk to them. They will discourage you. But find somebody that you know is in agreement and agree with them in prayer. The essence of coming to the front to pray, uh, to agree with prayer partners is not to find out how powerful or how anointed the prayer partners are. It's to have somebody in agreement with you and somebody that will refuse to come out of agreement and stand with you regardless of what the devil is doing in the natural. That they can see. Because he will simulate all kinds of confusion in the natural. And we look at those things and come out of agreement. We don't think it will happen. If two shall agree on the earth. As long as you are not dead. If you can find somebody to agree with you. That thing will. They say it will be done instantly. But it will be done. Of my father. He said it shall be done. By then, by my Father. For then, by my Father in heaven. You need to, we need to understand this. No promise of God. And God has given us a lot of promises. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 tells us that. That God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises. But by those promises... We might be partakers of his divine nature. Underscore divine nature. He wants us to partake of that. He gave us those promises. And before that he tells us God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. By which he also gave us these exceedingly great and precious promises. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 also tells us that. That God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But no blessing can affect your life if you have not been to the throne room. You have to get to the throne room. For that blessing to come into your life. Maybe you take somebody with you to the throne room. Maybe you have somebody to agree with you to go into the throne room. But until you get into the throne room where Jesus, the mercy seat is, that promise is no good. The Bible tells us, let us therefore come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne room. So that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. 
We must come into the, the throne room. That's where we can find help. That's where the, ble- the promise becomes true in our lives. And so the Bible tells us, and I'm going to read this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through 23. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. He wants us to come into the throne room. Because if we don't get into the throne room, and the way we get in is by prayer. Come boldly. With the blood of Jesus. Every promise missed with the blood of Jesus, you can never be denied of it. No one can deny you. So he says, boldly, not timidly, but boldly, knowing God is going to grant it. I'm coming with the blood of Jesus. That's my guarantee. I will be heard. God will hear. Have mercy upon me. I will receive from the Lord. Know how? I'm coming into your throne room, God. And God says, don't come. I say, oh, I wonder if God will hear me. The veil has been turned from top to bottom. Come boldly. Because your father has promised. It says, by a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is his, his flesh, and having a high priest, Jesus, our high priest, over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. You come in believing because God has given you his word, and his word cannot lie. I, I just had so much faith inside, just believing what God has said. Amen. I can cry out to God, and he promised to hear. I'm not perfect, but I can come and obtain mercy and then find grace to help. He says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith, confession of our faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So when you get into that throne room, the God who promised is faithful enough to let you have whatever you ask him for. So no blessing, no promise of God is good in my life, your life, until you have prayed, until you have been into the throne room. So we got two scriptures. Hebrews 4, 16 and the one I just read, Hebrews 10, 9 through 23. And in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. You will not receive anything until you've been into the throne room. That's why Jesus said, please, God is like urging us, begging us, please pray. Please pray. Please pray. He gave a parable. In Luke 18, it says, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. You need to pray. You need God to judge, make some good judgment on your behalf. We need to pray. That's why we're praying. God is helpless without your prayer. But once you pray, he does what he wanted to do all along. And if you have it in your heart, that's because it's God's will. If that desire is in you, you want something done in your life, you're needing a blessing in your heart, you're crying out, I wish I could have this. Guess, guess where it came from? He came from the Father. All you need to do, take that into the throne room and begin to cry out to God. Go with the blood of Jesus. 
and say to the Lord, God, your promises I can never be denied. And God will get it done for you. It's like God pleading with us, urging us to pray. And he's committed himself to answer if we will pray. That's why we should pray. Because without our prayer, nothing is done. Nothing, nothing. If the the whole of the Ark Fellowship, every member starts praying, God, we want to get in that building. And we come into agreement, it won't be long. You will see miracles. But if we have few of them saying, we've been praying for a long time. When is God? What's wrong with us just staying in this place? I mean, I like small churches. (laughs) People talking about that, they don't really agree. We we have a hard time. But once we decide, no, we want to grow this church, there is nothing that can stop us. Amen. So he's urging us, he's begging us. You know, in, uh, Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Whatever you ask. If you will ask anything, he said, in my name, I will do it. That the Father will be glorified. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. You'll find that in, in John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. He says, whatever you ask, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. That says, what you ask, when it's done, glorifies the Son. See? Why wouldn't he do it? Doesn't God want glory? (laughs) I believe he does. When you ask in his name, Jesus that it will be done so that the son is glorified and he says if you will ask anything verse 14 if you will ask anything I will do it if you ask anything I will do it basically I'm begging you to ask the world has rejected my name the world, people are saying all kinds of crazy things about me. But I need you to ask so that you can receive, so that my name will be glorified in your life. My father gets glory. You will not be denied. Ask. That's why we should pray. Jesus also said, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, some of his words we're speaking tonight, you shall ask what you will. Whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. What more do you want? What more do I want? He's, he's, he's told us his word. And God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said, he'll do it. If he had spoken, he will make it good. That's what God said. So we don't need to be afraid, no matter what's going on. I think the major problems we have is we look, we're looking at everything that's happening and who is doing something and who is against us, who is doing all of these things. And so we're so concerned. We're consumed by what they're doing and consumed by the problem. We're forgetting the throne room. Instead of going there and saying, God, this is what I want done. And notice what he said. He, uh, he says, our body is washed with pure water. When you come into the throne room, doesn't mean you are completely clean and you are all perfect. No. He said, just come. While you are there, hey, 
you'll be cleansed. And then you obtain mercy as well. And God meets your needs. It's even better if you got two people doing that together. Amen. Two people. Just two. You know why the enemy is so against the home and families, husbands and wives, divorce and all the fighting? He knows there's power there. If I don't come in early to cause them confusion, they're going to kill me with their agreement. Because two people on the earth, this earth that God has given to us, what we want has to be done. No devil stands in the way. Not if we're dealing with the God of heaven and with the blood of Jesus on our side and our testimony that God loves us and we are not forsaken. Fear will be so far removed because God is so near. Look at what Jesus said in in John chapter 16, verse 23, 24. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Basically, the disciples were, I mean, they had spent so much time with Jesus. He was a friend to them. It was, there was no faith needed to ask him for whatever they wanted. They just go to him. They knew Jesus, but they had never seen the Father. But Jesus said, when that time comes, don't worry about it. You can ask the Father. In my name, he give it to you. Whatever you want, he's going to give it to you. he give it to you. He loves you as well. He was revealing the Father's heart to us. I said on Sunday, it was the, re- the reason for our, our, our creation and the reason why we're here. It's the Father's heart of God. He wants children. <sighs> Say that your, that your joy may be full. Tell me one father on the earth that doesn't want that for his children. Show me one. Unless he's a mean father. But God is urging us. Matthew 7, 7 from verse 7, he said, Ask, and it will be given you. He says, Seek, you will find, knock, it will be open to you for everyone, everyone. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. That really freed me some years ago. I am everyone. I am everyone. Would you say that with me? I am everyone. That means I can receive. Ask, and you shall receive. He says, knock. The door will be open. Seek, you will find. For everyone, the reason why you will receive is everyone who asks. All you have to do is ask. It's like God is begging you, please ask. So you will receive. That's why we're praying. He says, seek your find. Knock, the door will be opened. And then he started to really zero in. I mean, that would have been enough for us. But Jesus wanted us to understand the Father's heart, heart even better. He said, oh, oh, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? He 
It says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven? That's your Father in heaven. He's letting you know that's your Father in heaven. Much better, better than your Father on the earth. How much more shall your heavenly Father, your Father in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. So only those who ask him receive the good things. That's why we pray. That's why we pray. Pray without ceasing. Know the scripture? First Thessalonians 5, I believe, verse 18. Pray without ceasing. Don't quit asking. So you keep receiving. So your joy is full. That means you got no concern. Just pass it over to your father. Amen. Please stand up with me tonight. I pray that uh, the words tonight have encouraged you to pray. Like he's encouraged me as I was studying. I was really encouraged to ask the Lord. And I have no fear that he loves me. It's not as a result of my goodness. It's as a result of his goodness. I couldn't do any good to deserve his goodness. I stay with what he said. I trust in his goodness and in his love. And that he cares for me. He'll take care of me. He'll take care of you. No matter what your concern is. Come unto me all ye that labor. And are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Jesus said. Why don't we thank him tonight. For these great and precious promises. And whatever concern you have tonight. Our heavenly father is aware of it. Jesus said. He knows of it. He knows, even before you began to pray, He already has seen it. And He's also concerned, He's moved. He's just waiting for you to speak it to Him in prayer. Father, we thank You for Your love for us. Really, no one can explain that. We don't understand it. But we accept it. And know that You are on our side. And that all things are working together for our good. And you've encouraged us not to be afraid. You said it's the will of the Father to give you the kingdom. You want to make us kings and priests on the earth. And we thank you for it. We know that you will answer every desire that we have in our heart. You will meet every imagination of our heart. And we give you praise tonight. And honor you and honor your word. Because we believe your word, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.